Welcome to the Dr. Bud Gill podcast. Uh, this has been one I've been really excited for. Uh, this, uh, I reached out to, to Greg. Greg O'Gallagher is a fitness influencer. Uh, he's been in the game for a very, very long time. He's a very young man, uh, but I started, are you even 30 yet? I'm 30. Yeah, I'm 30. Turned 30 right. so September. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the Council of Elders. Uh, so, Greg, Greg has been someone who's been actually a huge influence on my own personal fitness transformation. Um, and during the pandemic, I reached out to Greg to see if we could maybe connect to do a podcast. Our, our the stars didn't align, but uh, somehow within a 24 hour period, we we're able to connect. And and I'm super psyched to have to have Greg on the podcast, hear his story. I'm excited to share his story with you guys. And uh, this is someone if you want to transform your body that you really should follow and uh it's not it's he looks like a handsome you know movie star guy type of guy but he's uh he's got a lot of knowledge man don't let the looks fool you the guy's got the guys got major major brain power in there thank you thank you <laughs> um, so just to kind of like i guess tell you a little bit of the backstory about how i found you so i was like a skinny fat for my whole life um i have three kids and with each kid i just got like flabbier and flabbier man boobs gut the whole nine yards and then in 2012, when I was like 37 years old, I decided, you know what, I got to fucking do something about this because I, I look terrible. And I had a bet with my brother-in-law. This was on Thanksgiving Day. He was a guy that was like ripped and jacked in his 20s. He kind of lost his path a little bit as well. We're sitting on Thanksgiving. I had a scotch on my belly. He had a beer on his belly. And he's like, dude, what the fuck happened, man? Like, you know, we got to do something about this. So we had a bet to see who was going to get in the best shape on Memorial Day. So this was from 2012 to to May 2013. And I was 196, like 20% body fat. Um, not, not muscular at all. And uh, I was like, I got to do this really fast. I got to win this bet. So I started like, really researching like nutrition and fitness and stuff. I was working out with a trainer and I, you know, I stumbled on intermittent fasting. This was before anyone was really doing it. This was like 2012 when no one was even talking about it. And there were very early. People, yeah, very early. Yeah. There was three people that I found on Google searches. There was a guy named Nate Miyake. Mm -hmm. He's like, I think in California or Hawaii or something like that. Yeah, I know him. He's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah very, he's a very cool guy. Uh, there's a guy named Anthony McCall, who was like in the Pittsburgh area, who had like a blog where he would talk about it. And there was you. And of those three, all, all of you guys were great and had like a lot of information. But of those three folks, you had like the most defined platform. You had like protocols in place, like downloadable books, way advanced. I mean, this was like 10 years ago. And one of the protocols you had was uh, an aggressive fat loss program. I don't know if it was that or Warrior Shredding. It was, I'm not sure which one came first. Yeah, uh, Warrior Shred came first and aggressive fat loss uh, came, came thereafter. Yeah. So I, I downloaded one of those and um, I literally just followed it to a T. So I was already intermittent fasting, but really, you, you know, you had a breakdown for macronutrients. It was just so specific. And it was so at the time where I needed that, like I needed... I'm like OCD and like literally just nuts. And I will follow something to a T and I, you know, I got a scale and I weighed my food. I, you know, I had every gram of macronutrient like broken down and it was crazy. I went from 196 pounds, 20% body fat. I'm six two, to 154 pounds, 8% body fat, but literally looked like yeah. I was dying. Like people would see me, but Hey, you, are, you lost a lot of weight. You look great. They're like, ask my friend. It's like, dude, is this guy fucking dying of cancer or something? Like he looks terrible. And then from then I've actually, every year I've been like, so I have every one of your programs, Greek God, um, movie star, um, superhero, which is what I'm doing now, which I was kind of what I'm staying on. I'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, really every plan is like, okay, Greek God, you're going to get bigger and like, you know, more buff add on to muscle after you do like warrior shredding. And then it's like, okay, if you want to get even bigger, then you do superhero, but, and then movie stars, if you want to kind of look like, you know, movie stars like you, 
but they're all very specific programs and they sound like, okay, whatever. It's like a, it does. The title is like very exactly what it is, but it, you deliver exactly what it is. Like that's, if, if you follow the workouts and it's very same workout, it's like three times a week and you're, you're not a huge cardio guy and I, and, and I'm not either, but you know, it's very practical. I don't mean to take up the whole podcast, but that's how I found you. And I've literally followed every single one of your programs and really to this day, 10 years later, I still do. You know, I appreciate it. I designed all those courses over the years, basically solving my own goals, whether it was losing fat quickly, putting on muscle without gaining fat or putting on muscle in the right proportion. And so all those programs, I really, I really test drove uh, workouts for months, put the pieces together, um, achieved my goal and then shared it. So th- those are all the systems I came up with. And like that whole package just works beautifully. And, you know, on your aggressive fat loss transformation, you know, you, uh, you cut from 200 pounds down to 155 or so at 8% at six foot two, like you got very, very lean. Um, but you know, it all worked out because you're able to pack on the strength and size and you look great now. And sometimes, you know, when you want to get very lean, you're going to end up being a little smaller in the beginning, um, than you want to, unless you have five years of intense strength training under your belt. If you're, if you haven't put in the five years of intense, heavy lifting and muscle building, then you're always going to be a little smaller at a low body fat, but then you can always put on that, put on that size. So, um, that's, that's, that's killer, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um, and thank you for all you put out there, but just going back to man, where this all started. So I, 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 there's like bits and pieces of this and like, you know, some of your posts and some of the stuff that you, cause you're, you're actually a very active writer. Like you write, you write a lot of, I'm on your email list. So, you know, you write a lot of articles and a lot of blogs and, um, they're all great. And there's like a lot of information in each and every one of them, but you do reference like, you know, your own journey a bit. And like, you know, you're a young guy, I'm going to be 47 this year, but you're, you're, you know, a couple of decades behind me. Um, I like to call myself a geriatric Kino warrior. Uh, <laughs> you know, 47's uh, young these days. You yeah, know? I feel great. I'm in the best shape of my life, man. I'm literally yeah, you look you look freaking young, you know. Yeah. 47. I'm not worried about you know 47. No, I'm worried about freaking yeah. 47. I'm still <laughs> planning on freaking crushing it. That's exactly man. Yeah. Uh, but so so I know your dad was like a big influence in you in terms of just like fitness, and you know, he passed away very early on in your life. Um, not to just go right into it and go right there, but it's something that I feel like a lot of your articles and a lot of the content for folks who really kind of consume your content, which I do, mm-hmm. it kind of like goes back to that a little bit. Like how, I, I don't even know much about your dad. I know he was like very successful, like real estate guy. And like, you know, uh, but I know he was also like into like fitness, like something like the bug was planted in you and like at a very young age that like it, it, fitness is important. Yeah, he was, he was definitely very into, um, you know, he was a strong guy, uh, lift a lot when he was younger, played football. And so, you know, that was, there was an importance and a value placed on being strong and, and, uh, and buff. And, you know, when I grew up, I always kind of identified as being a little bit smaller. Um, you know, I wasn't the biggest kid in the room. Um, and, and I always just wanted to feel strong and powerful And, you know, and, um, that was really the goal. Now, interestingly enough, like I remember talking to some of my, 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 uh, dad's, um, close friends that he, that he grew up with, uh, in his childhood years and his teens and his twenties. Um, and, and I remember one of his good friends, Glenn was like, you know, uh, was, we, he met, he's like, your dad was so strong. He benched 350, but he was always like, he's always telling me, he's like, damn, I want to get cut. I want to be cut. I want more definition. Um, which was interesting because he, he wanted to get lean, but, but, um, by the time then, you know, the, the, 
the whole the, the idea was like, oh, you gotta like you gotta do a lot of running, you gotta do this and that. There wasn't a very enjoyable, clear cut system to follow. But but yeah, but to your point, yeah, you know, my father was um big influence in me, you know, to really be strong, powerful, and and I just you know remember watching movies with him, like the Rocky movies, Sylvester Stallone movies, Arnold movies. Um, we bonded in a lot of those movies and, and like the common denominators, you have this, this main character that's imposing, that's powerful, that's strong, that's ripped and, uh, and they can fight. And so that was definitely very, very important to me. Um, and, and then really building a business, you know, really, you know, waking up every day, going after your dreams was really a much bigger point that he instilled on me. Um, setting like, you, you know, I'd say, you know, one of the, the big things that he that he instilled on me that applies not just to fitness, but applies to business and life is is set a goal. You know, that's the whole, you know, you, you know, you're on the you're on this world to like create the life of your dreams. You set goals and you go after them and you make them happen. And it doesn't matter what you want to achieve. If you're willing to put in the work um, and you're willing to fight like hell for what you want, you will achieve it. It's that self-belief. It's goal setting and self-belief and determination. Um, and that applies whether you want to build your body in the gym, that applies whether you want to build your business, achieve the career, that applies to virtually any aspect of life that you need to strive and improve at. You know, I, lo- I love that, Greg. You know, that's really like what my platform, I, I had like a midlife crisis and like sort of, I, I'm not going get to get into all the stuff, but that's like a huge part of my platforms, like setting goals, being accountable, uh, getting your daily win because you one step closer to goal every day. Like, you know, sort of teaching the eight year old version of me. I wish there was someone telling the eight year old me that that's how you have a fulfilling life. I happened upon it. And like, that's really what this is all. That's what this podcast is all about. Sharing that with the world that like, you know, you can fucking do it. Anyone can do it. You know, it's just a matter of setting a goal and chipping away at it and making sure not one day goes by where you don't do the one thing that's gonna get you closer to your goal. And just, you know, I think fitness is something that really, like I've done that. Like I was a successful doctor. I have a successful practices, you know, financially I was doing fine and all that sort of stuff, but not until like I had my fitness journey, did I realize how that all happened? And because fitness is something that you can't buy fitness. You can't buy a good physique. The only way you can do that is by getting your workouts in, you're tracking your macronutrients um, and, you know, really just holding yourself accountable. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to eat that shit because it's going to put me a week back from like what my ultimate goal. And, you know, it's uh, it really teaches you resilience, accountability, all of these things that are you need to fulfill whatever your goal is, whether it be in business or in life or, you know, in finance, whatever, whatever it is. But it's once you go through like a fitness transformation, it just empowers you in so many ways. And, and almost like you want to like bring people into it, but like, Hey, you, you guys can do this. It's like a crazy, like, you know, your life will be so much better if you hold yourself accountable for your, with your body, because that makes you better at everything. It makes you a better husband, makes you a better father, makes you a better friend. You just start holding yourself accountable in every aspect of life. And the one thing I loved about your particular programs is it allows you to do it in a way where you can still like, exist in society you know like you can break your fast later you can still have dinner with your friends at eight o'clock at night um you know you're not living in the gym you're not like eating a million meals a day because i tried that you know, i know you tried that and you have this one picture where you're donating blood that comes up a lot in your in your social media where you're like you know you're you're, you're big but you're not cut or ripped at all and like you know you talk about that a lot like you were trying so hard by like following whatever the classic paradigm is 
for fitness and it just wasn't working and you were miserable and you know, it's, that's your programs are great because they're very accessible. And it's a very, it's, you can very easily implement it into like a normal fun life. Thank you. Yeah. You know what that became, that was very, very important to me um, for one like main reason um, was when I was into fitness, I saw a lot of these fitness people and it became very clear that their entire life revolved around the gym. Like they didn't have much going on outside of the gym. It was, it was two workouts a day. It was this strict diet. It was very little social life. Um, they weren't really doing anything to build their career or, or anything in entrepreneurship. And it just became like, everything was fitness. Um, and I just remember kind of seeing that and just being like, that's not it. Like, that's not the, the answer. Um, the goal is to build an awesome life where you're multidimensional. You're, you are in great shape. Yes, of course you do. You know, you, you do take care of yourself and, and train hard and you do all the right steps, but you also have a great social life, whether it's a great relationship, good friends, you have adventure, fun hobbies, um, to some level as, and, and then, you know, you're really going after your path. I can tell you right now, your path as a man is not to wake up and just work on your body all day and just try and look pretty or, or be strong. Like, I mean, unless you're a mixed martial and professional athlete or, or, or uh, um, you know, a, you know, mixed martial arts fighter, you're, 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 you being in great shape is important. It's a foundation. It's a force multiplier, but that's not why you're put on this earth. You should just be in great shape, be in great shape and then go after your goals in life. Um, and I, interestingly enough though, the, the real, the real like crazy thing was that being in the gym all day, obsessing about what I put in my body and, and putting so much time and energy into it did not even help me achieve my goals. It actually made it harder when I was in the gym all the time and, and, and focusing on my diet and trying to be so clean and eating every two, three hours, I would mess up more. I would screw up more. I would be in the gym so much. I wouldn't be recovering and getting stronger and I kind of put the pieces together and it just so happened the best approach fit with the lifestyle. And the best approach was three hard, intense, goal-oriented workouts where you're progressing on key lifts and you're pushing yourself hard. Intensity is limited. You cannot train like super intense, 10 hours a week. You can go hard three times a week, maybe a little fourth workout, but literally three times a week and, and push for personal records. And again, if you're Sticking to a diet, eating at a calorie deficit is very difficult to do. It's not easy. Most people struggle with it. And so if you have a diet that consumes, they have to think about all the time, it's stressful that they have to do meals all the time. You're going to burn out. You're not going to be able to stick to it. And so if you can create a diet that's just effortless to follow where you're fasting, you get used to fasting, you're, you're, you're sharp and you're, you're, you know, you're focused and then you get to enjoy, you know, uh, a big dinner, a big feast every night, a little a couple other snacks, and you just get to look forward to this epic meal and you feel satisfied every day, then getting into phenomenal shape is actually something that the average person can do. And we've seen it from, you know, you know, you yourself as a, as a practicing doctor for people all for all walks of life have literally used my system and gone to better shape than most people that obsess about fitness. Right on, man. Right on. Thank you. Yeah. So talk to me about how this all started though. So, you know, when, Looks like you're only you're only 30 years old, man. And like you have like 10, like seven or eight different programs out there. But that first program was that like when you first said, Hey, you know what? This sucks it's eating seven meals a day and 
I'm like, I, I look and feel like shit. When was that like, aha, like, like how did you even think of that? And when, and then how did you start structuring that first program that got you like, into like, I mean, you're, you're probably in much better shape now, but got you to that first phase of having like a ripped physique. Yeah. I was very into fitness at a very, very young age. I was the, you know, uh, 11 or 12 year old doing push ups every day, you know, or chin ups, um, started doing some weights at 13, uh, got into a little bit of boxing martial arts at 14, reading books like crazy, every fitness book I get my hands on at 14. And, and I was, my training was on point at a young age. I, I, I consumed everything I could tested everything. I got actually into really solid shape as a, as a very young kid as 14, 15, I think it, I was doing like, you know, weighted chin-ups and weighted dips at 14 years old. I think I hit like a one-arm chin-up at 15 or 16 years old. I, I like got into pretty crazy strength shape. Um, then, you know, at, at, uh, and then I got into a little bit more of like the traditional strength training, bodybuilding at 17, 18. And at, at 18, I put on some size, but, but, um, I kind of followed all the traditional kind of, um, information and I, you know, I got bigger, but I, but I lost that lean, that leanness. And I, I, my face got a bit rounded. I'm, I'm someone where if I'm over 10% body fat, my face is going to get a little bit puffy. Um, and I just, I came across, uh, one of my mentors, Rusty Moore, he had a site called fitness black book at the time. And he was talking about, you know, guys like Cam Gigande and never back down. And he's talking about these, these actors like Brad Pitt and fight club. And I kind of dawned on me. I'm like, yeah, this, this, this kind of muscular slash bulky puffy look that I'm sporting is not really what I want. It's not the chiseled look. And it was at, it was at that point, like 18 years old, where I started to, to kind of plant the seed. It's like, wait, I actually want to get that lean chiseled look. Everyone's chasing the size and getting puffy and, and looking the same. I want that sleek look. And then I realized how hard it was to cut. I was like, damn, this cutting thing. I've tried so many diets and doing all the cardio. And I just found losing weight, losing fat so freaking hard. It was like my body is programmed to not like my program. My body is programmed to eat and to get bigger. It's not programmed to get leaner. And so I went on like a very long journey testing and, and test driving different practices and using a bit of intermittent fasting, but just doing intermittent fasting and not having the whole puzzle together um, helped a bit, but it didn't get me lean. And and it was also like the, the it was also a lot of the psychology of eating and cutting and 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 the psychology of of not being so extreme where you're trying to lose weight so quickly and then you binge eat. It was a lot of it was psychology and a lot of it was like the practice of actually what to do, not rushing the process, the, the, the right amount of protein. This, you know, I could give me, I could give you this diet setup, same calories, and it's easy to stick to. I gave you another diet setup, same calories, and it's harder to stick to. And so I just kind of figured out really what was so easy for me to stick to. Um, and you know, the main motif was find the most enjoyable way to consistently eat at a calorie deficit. If you can find the most, if you have to cut on 2,200 calories, let's find the most enjoyable way to, to, to hit those 2,200 calories. I personally like to finish my last 400 calories every night with chocolate. I don't know. You don't have to do it. I like to do it because I, I, I find that a little bit of chocolate at night, I'm satisfied and my, and I'm hit deficit, but I, but, um, you can do whatever you want, but I just, I put pieces, I find steak, potatoes, extremely good for dieting, cutting, um, a little bit of fruit, some eggs. Um, but you, you start to get very intentional about what is the diet setup? What are the, what are the foods 
It's not necessarily just perfectly clean food. Some, some foods do a great job filling you up. Um, and then from there, it's literally about getting momentum. Okay. You're, you're, you're doing this new plan. You're hitting these calories. You're eating the same layout every day. We're keeping it super simple. You don't have to think about it. It's just automatic. Now get those first five days on the belt, get that momentum, get that first couple of weeks. And then your body gets used to it. The weight starts coming off and then it's just automatic. You know, humans were very momentum oriented, very habit oriented. So once we can get that momentum, cutting is very easy. It's that first couple of weeks that people kind of struggle with and they half-ass and they never get lean or they never have an approach that they can build momentum on because their approach makes them deprived. And so when you can get the right approach, get that momentum, fat loss becomes automatic. Fat loss becomes easy. I can, I can, uh, I can, you know, use my approach and, and, and get to 6% on a DEXA scan and have steak tacos and margaritas with my girl the night before, or for or a couple times a week for the months before, um, when you get this stuff dialed in. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's crazy to think that with thousands of different fitness trainers and writers, no one's really created such a simple, um, direct, but also enjoyable approach. Um, but this is the stuff that I actually created and crafted out of my own failure of not being able to get lean, of, of following the, the, uh, you know, the status quo and, and not seeing results. And trust me, like I could, if, if I could eat as much as I wanted, I didn't care. I could probably put on weight pretty much pretty damn fast. Not easy for me. I'm a momentum person where I can, if I get, if I like to eat, I'm, I'm relaxed, the weight will come on like crazy. But when I get the system right and I lock in, I can kind of, I can lean down um, very quickly, but, but, uh, we've seen people from all walks of life struggle with so many other approaches, find Kino body light bulb goes off. They they're like, damn, this makes sense. I like this. They do it. And they're, they're, they're the only thing they tell me is like, this is too easy. How is this working? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Part of it is like, you know, for someone who works out, like there's a point where I was working out like six days a week. Um, it's hard to not work out, you know? So what are days that you're supposed to be resting? So what I kind of do now is I think you talk about this a little bit too in some of your vlogs is I do like three heavy lifting days and I do like one like super light like body weight core you know just so I'm doing something yeah uh, but it's not like or be able to hit like one muscle that I may have been missed or that I'm really want to try to work on like right now I'm trying to work on my lower chest I'll do like one lower chest thing mm -hmm. and then just body weight stuff you know nice. um, but that's like the that's the hard thing when you're trying to go from a sort of conventional you know bodybuilding workout program to your program but you just have to literally just trust the process because the shit works um, yeah i get i get people say oh you know I'm, I'm used to training six days a week i'm scared to go down to, to three days a week like dude come on like first of all it doesn't take that much to maintain your current level of muscle size so if someone's training even let's say let's say for example six days is superior let's say okay six days is better let's just let's just say that i actually believe that's wrong but let's just say that well, your body can maintain your strength and muscle size off half the volume that you're used to. So by, by training three days a week, it's not like you're going to get smaller. You're at the very least, you're going to maintain your muscle size. Um, but what is actually going to happen is that now your body has all this extra recovery. Your muscles are getting better recovery, but really most importantly, your nervous system, your CNS is getting more recovery and your CNS is what actually powers your muscle fibers into action. And so by giving yourself this enhanced level of rest as a natural, you come into the gym and you're stronger and you can get that one extra rep. Like, let's be honest. The reason you're going to gain muscle 
is because you're progressing, is because you're getting stronger. You're challenging yourself. You're not doing 225 for five reps. You're doing 225 for eight reps. The only reason your body is going to build stronger is if it has to do more. And if your body is doing the same thing, I don't care if you're training eight days a week or, or as many hours as you can, if you're lifting the same weight for the same reps, your body will not change. And your body grows and re covers and rebuilds while it's resting. So all you have to do is go into the gym, send the proper signal, push your body that 1% and then just get out of the gym, rest, enjoy life, recover, and then go back, create that signal and then rest, recover. You don't need to be in the gym for three hours. If you are on, you know, the, the, the bodybuilders of, of the golden era with Arnold, they would train four or five hours a day. Supposedly they'd be in the gym four hours a day, six days a week, but they were also taking high amounts of anabolics, which, which, which create a, you have super physiological recovery and everything. And that can work. I definitely think they could have got the same results in less time, but you know what, that they enjoyed being in the gym a lot. That was, that was their culture that, that they definitely worked for them. But again, if you're a natural and you're trying to do what guys on roids are doing, you're going to be like hitting, walking into a wall nonstop. You know, that one of the things I actually really liked back in the day when I started learning about your programs was, was that concept of neurologic recovery. Like it's really, really important. Um, and a lot of like folks, even like fitness professionals, like trainers and stuff, they don't really talk about it, you know, because obviously they're trying to build up their sessions and try to get you to come in as much as possible. There's like a reason, uh, uh, but they also maybe don't have an understanding that really like your muscles grow in your days off, you know, like you're basically taxing your muscles. You need that day to recover where you're feeding the muscle, allowing it to rebuild. And th that's a very, that's a brilliant concept, but how did you learn all of these things? You know, you you didn't go to school for like physiology or, you know, or, or, you know, fitness, you know, you're, you know, you kind of like learned it empirically, but you were very, very knowledgeable about the science behind it. Yeah. I feel like the best knowledge, you know, one can attain is when, you know, you are seeking knowledge, putting it to the test, applying it, getting results, getting feedback, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't going and getting more knowledge, seeking out the top, you know, minds in the field, and if you have the passion and you have the, you know, the, if you're goal oriented and you're just hyper focused on solving a problem, you don't need to be under the umbrella of school. And so for me, I learn my best and achieve my best on my own as like an autodidact. I like to kind of, I like to, I am, I am like, my brain is turbocharged when I'm motivated, when I, when I see the benefit of, of learning something. And, uh, and so that's literally what it was. I had a goal. I had a problem I wanted to solve. I was driven. I'd seek out the top people in the field. I would test drive things. Some stuff was just bullshit. Like this is wrong. This does not work. This guy's supposed to be an expert. He can't even stay in good shape. And this, this theory is completely wrong or it's not enjoyable. Um, and there's something to say that when with fitness, you know, you like, like the result is so clear. Like if, if you are going to lean down and stay at 6% body fat, you kind of have to have your stuff pretty damn well dialed in. And if you're going to be doing that while enjoying yourself, maintaining a healthy sex drive, um, not going crazy, like you kind of have to have things pretty solid and very few people in fitness actually can do it. You see the guys that can get into four or 5% body fat for a show 
And they're not staying at 8% year round. They're ballooning up and then they're crashing down and they're miserable and they're, 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 they're girlfriends. They can't even have sex with their girlfriends because their sex drive is low because they're crashing too hard. Um, very few people can do it. And so I kind of realized like how much was wrong. Um, and, and, and that's sort of how I kind of put the pieces together. It's like the Bruce Lee approach. Take that, what, what works, discard the rest and kind of make it your own. Um, but every, like every piece of knowledge is out there on the internet, more or less the puzzle hasn't necessarily been put together everywhere. When I, when I was seeking knowledge, no one really put the puzzle together. They put their version of the puzzle. Um, but I just kind of put mine own together. So, um, I, I, I have loads of people with way more, um, uh, education, traditional education and fitness that follow my stuff and that love it. And they're, they're like, damn, this, this, this really, really works. Um, so that's sort of kind of how I, how I put the, the pieces together, have a strong goal, have a problem you're trying to solve, seek out the top mentors, test it immediately, get results, test it long enough to actually get results. Um, make your own hypothesis. Why did this work? Why didn't this work? What can I change or tweak or fix to make it work better? Go from there. Um, and, and you'll be surprised. And so as far as the CNS recovery, um, I, I came across a few different fitness people that kind of spoke of it. And I remember, you know, training five days a week and then shifting back to three. And it was like a light switch went off. I couldn't believe the, the, the strength gains. Um, one guy in particular, Kelly Baggett, he was very like an athlete sprint kind of jump guy. And he kind of said, you'd have your, you have your best sessions 48 hours apart. And a lot of the top sprinters, they'll only do sprinting every 48 hours so their CNS actually recovers and it's pretty well known in, in the, in the kind of the sprinting space. Um, another guy, Ross animate, he was a strength and conditioning coach for fighters and he would have like conditioning work one day then strength work the, the next day, conditioning work. And he pulled a lot of his knowledge from a lot of uh, Russian textbooks on super training. And this is stuff that hasn't really dwindled down to the mainstream Western um, fitness fitness industry, the Western mindset is kind of just all in, go like hours a day, put in hours a day and doesn't really look at the, the, uh, the big picture on the, 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 the Russian, you know, fitness in, in, in the East and in Russia is a lot more methodical. And, and, uh, and this, of course, this does not apply to someone that's going into the gym, that's grabbing weight and half-assing it. Your CNS is fine. You're not taxing your CNS because you're stopping five reps short of failure and you're freaking talking to your phone on the, your, your buddy on the phone, doing a couple of reps. And just, you know, this applies when you go into the gym like a professional athlete and you are giving it everything and you're, you're, you're there and every set, it's like freaking all out. Like you're, you're pushing. If you're training like that, this CNS stuff is extremely applicable. But if you're just kind of going in, going through the motions, then, then you could train five days a week, but, but um, your CNS will be fine. You know, one of the things you always talk about is uh, setting personal records. And like, it's funny, like, I'll, I'll show you, like, I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but this is like, this is like my workouts. So this is like the, literally the screenshot from your book. And then these are like, you know, my weights, like what I did, same thing, like, you know, kind of like my workouts. Cool. But, I, yeah. but I, I've been doing this for years, but I just put down, like, I'm always trying to hit a personal record in something. You know, I'm not going to get it every week, but, um, but that's, you know, really you have to push more weight to grow. It's one of those, you mm -hmm. know, the, which makes total sense. You know, you can't get huge like this. Although, I mean, you did say in one of your vlogs, you know, if you do a thousand curls with a pencil, you know, you're going you're gonna to feel it.
you, you know what? Yeah, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was with my girl, and she was doing these little butt, butt click uh, kicks with no resistance. And she was like, yeah, like, you know, like, you know, if you, you really feel it, it's like, hey, well, you know, it's one thing to feel your, your, your muscle, um, but you have to actually challenge yourself with, the, with a weight that will allow you to fail. I mean, ideally, you know, 15 reps, the max, if you're doing something, you can do 15 times, you know, and if you, you know, if you curl a pencil a thousand times, yeah, you'll feel it, but it's not enough tension to, to gain muscle. So feeling it is not enough. You have to actually challenge your muscle in the five to 12 rep range. Yeah. You can build muscle with 15, but, but, um, but it's, that's really where the magic happens. When you get stronger in the five to 10 rep range, your muscles really grow. If you do just two reps, there's not enough volume to, you can gain strength. There's not enough volume um, and really time under tension to, to adequately trigger hypertrophy. And if you're doing, you know, sets of 20 reps, um, yeah, if you get to that, you get to the point where it's really, really tough, your muscle fiber is going to have to kick in, but it's not as effective to produce uh, muscle growth as doing five to eight reps, where pretty much every single rep your body's using a high level of muscle fiber um, recruitment. Totally, bag those are my working sets. Yeah. Five, five reps. Talk to me a little bit about re reverse pyramid training and rest pause training. Cause those are like, even in your programs are, are more advanced concepts with like the, you know, the programs where you're really trying to get bigger and put on some mass. Yeah. So, uh, reverse pyramid training. Um, the first thing to mention is that when you work out, you are getting weaker as you train hard in that one hour session, your body is getting weaker. And so, it makes the most logical sense to do the heaviest weight while you are fresh. And so if you're someone that um, can like on your best day ever bench 200 pounds for five reps, well, here's the thing you, if you actually are training at your potential, you will never be able to do 200 for five reps three times. The only way you can do 200 pounds for five reps three times is if you can actually do eight reps. And so instead of doing eight reps, you're, you're stopping short of failure, doing five and doing that three times. Um, if you were to actually take a challenging weight for an eight rep max and get eight reps, you will be a lot weaker for that next set. Um, and so the most logical way to train to gain the most amount of strength and muscles possible is to push your body to its limit. And so that requires you to do the heaviest set first. Take a, take a full, the uh, research is pretty clear that for strength and muscle growth, um, long rest periods are superior. So three minutes, take three minutes rest. And then if you were to do that same weight again, your reps would descend. And so instead of getting five reps, you might only get three and then the one, you might only get two. Um, and so you don't want your reps to descend uh, below five. And so you actually, and you want to be able to milk as much muscle growth as possible uh, by experiencing the full, the full rep range of five to 10. And so after that five reps, you drop the weight, ideally about 10% works perfectly to add one or two reps. And then you get, you know, then you get the five reps, then you get the, you know, the six to eight reps, and then you finish off with the eight to 10 reps and you get that. That's the most effective way to train to get the most out of three sets, a heavier set, a little bit lighter with one or two more reps, a little bit lighter with one or two more reps. And you will find you come back a lot stronger. You will find this training requires you to actually push yourself way harder because now you'll realize that before when you're doing four sets of eight reps, the first couple sets, you weren't even that hard. You, you were keeping some in the tank. Well, you want to actually push your body the hardest when you're fresh. 
Um, and so reverse pyramid training works very well. There's also a second benefit where when you do the heavy weight first and then you go lighter, you're, you're actually like training your body to use more muscle fibers. So if you go in and you bench 250 and you do five reps and then I take the weight off and now it's 225, that first rep with 225, you're like, whoa, this feels really light. It feels lighter than usual because your body is used to 250. So now you're actually using more muscle fiber recruitment, um, which is very, very cool. And so that's reverse pyramid training. I've used so many different training styles for, for strength and muscle and RPT is by far the most effective. Nothing comes close to it. It's very intensive. So it does take a lot out of you, but it is the most effective. And then for more size, less tension, um, rest pause training is great where basically you take a weight you can do for higher reps, 12 to 15, where you're not necessarily getting a ton of muscle fiber recruitment on, on the first few reps but you, you do that 15 reps, you only rest 10 seconds. And by only resting 10 seconds, your body is forced to continue to use a high level of muscle fiber recruitment. And then you do five reps, then you rest 10 seconds, you do five reps, you rest 10 to 15 seconds, you do five reps. And that little, uh, 15 reps, but plus three, mini three, three little mini sets will do more damage, more benefit, more growth than doing like five sets of, you know, it's way more efficient. It works very well. It works extremely well for, you know, lateral raises, rear delts, where you can't really go heavy six reps on lateral raises without, you know, without that exercise kind of um, feeling off. Yeah. I was going to say, you talk about rest pause a lot for shoulders. Um, yeah. Which, which I do use a lot for. It's very, very helpful. So what are you doing right now, man? So I know I saw one of your, your vlogs, you're doing like 2,400 calories, which is like what for you, like, 13 to 14 calories per pound. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually like 175 right now, 176. My goal is 177, but I kind of, I got, I got a bit leaner than I actually intended to. So, um, I'm definitely focused on getting lean right now. I I'm doing about 2,400 calories and I probably burn 27, 2,800 calories per day. So I'm doing a small deficit. When I really started dialing in my deficit, uh, it was probably a few months ago. So probably 12 weeks, I started kind of dialing in the deficit. And in that time, I cut basically seven, eight pounds. So I kind of average losing about three, two and a half to three pounds a month. I find that like when, you're, when your body fat is below 10%, trying to lose five pounds a month is wrong. You don't want to take it that fast. So I kind of, I kind of recommend like doing more of a 400 calorie deficit um, three, 400 calorie deficit for the guys that are already quite lean that, because if, if cutting, cutting body fat from 9% to 6% is very different than cutting from 18% to 12%, it's completely different. Um, it's, it's different from a hormonal level where leptin levels drop the less fat you have, the less leptin you have. And, and if you cut too quickly, when your body fat's too low, you rebound, you get hunger issues, your sex drive plummets. Um, because if you were to continue to cut at a high rate, when your body fat is so low, you are going to put yourself into freaking starvation. You are going to run out of fat reserves and your body's gonna have to shut down. And, and if it, and as you, as fat reserves get lower, if the deficit's too big, your body taps into muscle. And when you start burning muscle, it's very uncomfortable. Um, when you, when your deficit's dialed in and you're burning fat and you're maintaining muscle, it actually feels a lot better. Hunger is much better, but when your body's actually 
breaking down muscle, it becomes very um, rough. So I've been cutting. I might for fun, look at doing a DEXA scan and getting into the mid 5% body fat level for fun. Um, because I actually I've done many DEXAs. Um, and I've, I've the lowest I've done on DEXA is 6.1%. I have been leaner. I just never did the DEXA at that body fat level. So I might just want to get that five and a half percent on the DEXA. Um, and I'm doing some movie star training. I'm working on the movie star 2.0, uh, which is going to be very, very cool. It's gonna be a four month routine, 12 weeks of, of a really solid setup with uh, different exercise rotation. There's gonna be a little bonus Saturday workout for core and stuff. And then, uh, and then the fourth month's that shrink wrap higher volume phase. So I'm doing movie star 2.0. Um, and so I'm actually doing the, that, that, that training right now. And, and again, it's like, you know, I'm 30, I've been lifting weights since I was 13. Like there, uh, there's not that I'm, you know, I can go on lean bolts and do all this, but like, there's not much more muscle I can build. Um, when you're controlling for six, 7% body fat, you can only be so big. I'm 175, 176, 177. I'm not going to be able to put on, I'm not going to be able to be 6% body fat at 183, 182. You know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, there's a very finite limits of how big you can be at a low body fat naturally. So I'm just going to have fun staying lean. I like being chiseled um, and, and, uh, and, and just kind of keep the physique sharp, maybe work out of uh, subtle things, you know, a little more arms X, Y, and Z, but, but uh, it's just, it's at this point, it's, it's just kind of refining. How tall are you, man? Five ten. Five ten. So you you were you were huge though, like at some point. Like you looked like humongous. Well, like how, how much did you weigh? Because you show some like in the I think it's um in the superhero pictures. Yeah. Like you you must have been like 185 or something there, no? Yeah, I've been 185. I mean, I could be 185 in freaking two, three weeks if I wanted to. Three weeks. But you were still to. lean, man. You saw like yeah. and everything. Yeah. You know what? I was still quite lean, but, but, you know, body fat is very interesting where you can be, you can have abs at 185 and still have like, you know, a very good abs, even, even solid abs at 185 and, and, and still have like 10 pounds to cut to be very lean. Um, so I, yeah, I can, I could even have abs at 190. Um, no problem. I wouldn't look as caught. I wouldn't look as hard. I wouldn't be as vascular. I wouldn't have as good proportion. Um, but but yeah, you know what? The it's it's easier for me to be 185 and and, and with some ab definition, some more strength, than to to, to get down to 175 and be chiseled. Um, so so uh, and I have a theory that like you know you can go on when you've been training for a long time and and you really cut down to six percent body fat. I could go on some lean bulks, um, do a lot of lifting, and get a be a bigger 185. Maybe I'll be, maybe I could work on being a, a slightly bigger 185 with a bit bit leaner. But when I cut down to six percent, it's going to be I'm going to end at the same place. It's six percent body fat. There's it's just it's just there's not there's not much size you can hold there. So I could do some lean bulks and be a very impressive nine percent and improve my nine percent body fat. But then you know the, there's an equalization when you get down to six percent. So um, that's sort of what I've learned. Um, but you know, unless you start going on gear and stuff, then, then obviously you can, you can get to a, be a bigger six, 7%, but, but, um, you know, that's sort of, you know, what I've kind of realized. So I'm just going to have fun, you know, maintaining, uh, and I'm a momentum person. So when I go on those lean bulks and get to 185, it takes me probably, I'm not even kidding. It takes me two to three months to get myself ready to start cutting again. I'll be like, Hey, I'm ready to get lean. And then I'll just kind of, I'll kind of just you know, just slowly kind of 
get my shift the momentum into cutting. And then once I'm really shifted, then I just get lean fast. So yeah. I'm such a momentum person, but, 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 but if like I want, yeah, but if I want to lean bulk, I could easily increase my calories and, and lean bulk. And I could do that mm-hmm. freaking tomorrow because eating is easy, but, but for cutting, it's all momentum for me. You know, and one of the, I don't know when this was, maybe it was about a year or so or so or during the pandemic, you, you kind of shifted from really being obsessive about like calorie intake you're just like i'm really just focusing on protein like my protein intake for the day I, I don't know if that was in a post or in a blog um but i do do you remember that um so i wouldn't actually say that um because i i, I actually am more focused on the i'd say hitting the right calories than 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 protein um it's more along the lines that you know all the other calories will fall into place so like you're really just crap, oh, like yeah, it was something maybe like that. Like, you know, yeah, you you know were... I think I know what it was. I think it was like for a while, I was very specific about this much fat, this much carbs, this right. much uh, protein. And I just realized hit your calories, hit your protein. That's what it was. And, and eat a balanced diet and, and fats and carbs will fall into place. It's not like hitting precisely 220 carb, 70 fat, 160 protein is going to transform your physique. Whereas if you, if the fat was a bit higher, lower carb, bit higher, lower, that that wouldn't work. Like it, it's really just about getting the right calories, the right protein, and then keeping the carbs and fats in a balanced place where if you go too low in carb or fat, there's downsides. Um, and obviously if you go, yeah. So, so, so it's it was calories much, and protein and everything would fall into place. That's exactly yeah, what it was. Right? Calories and protein. And then basically just eat a balanced diet. If you're trying to avoid carbs, trying to avoid fat, I think that's wrong. I think you get downsides from, from cutting those things out um, for training uh, for hormonal health. Um, but, but now I pretty much eyeball my calories. I will fast every day, do octane our essential amino acids, which blunts my hunger. I will have a small little, meal to hold myself till dinner, 500 calories. I'll have 500 calories later in the day, like my little chocolate or four or 500 calories or some, some fruit. And then so a thousand calories are, are perfectly tracked. Like I know my, I'm breaking my fast. My last meal is a thousand calories. And then I guess what I can eat, like literally a big dinner of 1200 to 1600 calories. And I'll be in a, you know, modest to small deficit. So I literally like my, it's so easy for me. Cause I'm like, okay, a thousand calories here, here combined. And then I can literally eat up to 1800 calories for dinner at maintenance. And it, obviously that's a lot. Like ideally I'll, I'll eat 1400 calories and I'm in that perfect deficit to lose three pounds a month. That's amazing, man. Yeah. I mean, just, the system works. Yeah. A couple of quick questions. One is, do you train, you still train fasted? Um, yeah, I typically train fat, fat. I stopped training fasted for a while. And then when I started adding in the essential amino acids again, I actually really enjoy training fasted again. Cause I, it blunts my hunger and my training's better. Um, when I get that, that, uh, the, the, those amino acids, that protein source. Um, so I typically train fasted with octane and essential amino acids and, and some people nitpick, oh, you know, you're taking in essential amino acids, you're spiking insulin, you're breaking, breaking your fast. Look, uh, I like to look at things more of like a more dose dependent. Um, people obsess about being in this perfect, like fast. I know Rhonda Patrick talks about, oh, coffee might theoretically break your fast, but if you actually listen to her talk, she kind of is a lot more, um, nuanced about it. Like maybe it does, it's hard to quantify what difference it makes. Maybe it's 5%. Like I am very much more uh, big picture and, uh, with the fast, what essentially is going on with the fast, essentially what's going on is 
your body's tapping into uh, body fat for fuel. It, you're, you're essentially, it's just, if, if you're just to kind of pinpoint what is the fast, your body is not getting energy from food. Your body is getting energy from its own fat source. Okay. So if taking essential amino acids um, during your fast or before training helps, you know, get that protein synthesis going, prevent protein breakdown, uh, blunt your hunger, because now your body isn't, uh, you know, your body's getting those muscles fed, then that's a good thing. And will taking in uh, technically 50 calories, will that start to ruin the fast? And now your body's taking in energy from food. No, 50 calories is so little. I'll burn 50 calories on the phone, walking in a circle for six minutes. Um, so, so 50 calories is not a lot. And so I, I also look at like my main, the main objective isn't, uh, isn't to like, just do this incredibly perfect, strict fast. The main objective is to have the best 24 hour cycle and make sure, you know, you're, 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 you're hitting your calories protein for that day. And so, you know, sometimes I find like doing a little aminos during the fast actually makes the deficit easier and the whole day better. And my workouts are better. And so you got to look at the big picture. Don't just get obsessed with the fast. And I got to hit 16 hour fat. Like I I'm pretty flexible. I'll wake up. I don't even worry about the, the, the time of fasting from my last meal the night prior to when I break. I don't worry about that. If I want to have my last meal at midnight, I'll have my last, last meal at midnight or 1am. I don't, doesn't matter. Or 11pm. I don't care. It's just when I wake up, I'm going to push, I'm not going to eat right away. I'm going to push that fast, you know, um, later in the day, maybe I'll have some aminos and, and a few hours in, and then I'll have that first meal six hours after waking. So if I wake up at 10, um, I eat the first bite at 4 PM. Um, then I might have a dinner at 7, 8 PM. And then I might have some, something else at 11 PM. And that's, and I don't obsess about the timing. The more you obsess and, and that you, it's not, you're not helping yourself. Yeah. I mean, again, that's what's so great about your programs. There's a lot of freedom. Like what I'll do on the weekends, sometimes I won't break my fast. And I get up early because of my kids. But if I kind of indulge the night before, I'll break my fast at like four instead of at like noon. But it all works out. Like, you know, just like you said, they're 24 hour blocks and just maximize what you do in those 24 hour blocks. And the way that feels right, as long as there's a component of the fast, et cetera. Um, two other quick things. One is in your story, you said like you were like leaning, getting lean too fast. You're like, all right, I'm going to have some chips. Chips are like the absolute worst food to eat. But then the next like two two like frames down, you're having like like I don't know some kind of sugary cereal with milk. Um, yeah, can you talk? Is there any? Were you just you know? Can you break that down a little bit? Yes, yeah, it really it's just about like what I said earlier. Find the most enjoyable way to hit your calories. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean eating like there, I, I found before I try to be perfectly clean. I'd get cravings and I, then I'd, I'd overeat, I'd overeat on some healthy foods. Um, so chocolate was very satiating. Um, chips, chips are kind of like that food where like you, you eat chips and you never like reach a point where like, Oh, I'm satisfied that hit the spot. Like chips are kind of meant to like just mindlessly eat. And people like the, the people like, oh, like chocolate or you're having a chocolate bar that's bad. And then they're freaking eating 1,100 calories of chips before dinner or even 500, 600 calories of chips before dinner. So like you can like imagine you go to a Mexican restaurant and you have five, six, you know, chicken, steak, tacos, what have you. If you add in a bunch of chips to that dinner, your level of satiety is literally the same. Like if you, if you had, if you had six filling uh, steak tacos, just that, or you had snacked on chips, then had the six, it, you're the same level of satiety. So I find chips don't really, 
most chips rather don't really offer much satiety. Now having potatoes or even French fries, I find they're, they're much more filling. Um, but chips, no, like it's like that Lay's, what was Lay's slogan? I bet you just can't have one yeah. fucking right. You can't, you can, you have to freaking, you just want them. And so it's just cut. Like I, you have to, if you're listening and you want to get lean, it's not about good food versus bad food, clean versus for junk food. It's about what food can I program into my calorie target every day, which for you could be 2000, could be 2,500, could be 1800. What foods can I program into that diet such that by doing so I can stick to my diet. And if, and I have not been able to make chips work, <laughs> but, but also if you look at the calories and you pour out the chips and you're like, okay, this is 500, 400 cows yeah. of chips. Like, like if you eat 400 cows of chips, you're going to want more. If I give you 400 calories of fucking chocolate, you're going to be like, mm, that's good. That's a lot of chocolate. That's good. I'm satisfied. I don't want more. And so this is what you have to actually be cognizant of. And, and the, the corn pops, corn pops are pretty damn delicious. I don't have them that often, but I, I, you know, especially when I'm like getting super lean, I'm like, okay, I got it. I need to like pump in a few more carbs here. Then I'll maybe, maybe I'll have a little bowl of corn pops. It's not the best thing. Obviously, obviously having more potatoes from starches or rice might be superior, but um, I actually kind of like to like have fun by, by hitting my calories with, with stuff like that. And it doesn't make as much of a difference as people think, get your protein in, eat healthy, wholesome food, steak, potatoes, some fruits, um, eggs, you know, Greek yogurt. And if you have rooms for more calories and you want to eat some corn pops or chocolate, it's not going to, it's not going to make a big difference. Remember, um, body recomposition is about crushing the gym, getting stronger, the right calories, the right protein. And is, if 80% of the food you're eating is, is, is solid, then you can be relaxed at the 20%. In the same token, you can eat perfect hundred percent of the time and be overweight and have bad body composition. Um, so again, calories and protein are most important and, uh, and again, find the most enjoyable way to hit your calories. And I actually, you know, I actually have been able to eat corn pops and have like four or 500 calories and, and it hits the spot. Um, but, but again, I don't know anyone that can actually get lean consistently eating chips. I just don't like, there's some chips, like maybe those baked chips, like pop chips actually are a little bit more satiating so that those can work. But, um, as far as how, going to the convenience store and be- grabbing bags of chips, like it just doesn't work. It's, it's the, if you eat chips right now, the easiest way for you to just effortlessly lose weight is to cut out chips, cut out, um, calorie drinks and, um, and just base your eating off of, uh, lean meat. So, you know, strip loin steaks, chicken, uh, eggs, potatoes, fruits, um, stuff of that nature. And, uh, and, and then, you know, if you want to fit in some desserts that are satiating where you're like, Oh, this is 300 calories. I'm going to eat this. And I'm, it's going to hit the spot like chocolate or something, then do that. And actually getting lean is actually quite easy. And then I like to just give yourself like three opportunities a day to eat, have a, a light meal in, in, in around noon that you can, that will stay. The goal of the first meal is just to, is just to uh, stave yourself off until dinner. It's not to get yourself full and satisfied. If you want to get lean, you only really want one time a day to actually be full. If you're full twice a day, three times a day, you're not going to get lean. You like the, the first meal should just stave yourself off until dinner. This is the warrior diet approach. Eat light, trigger the sympathetic nervous system, be sharp during the day, 
have that evening meal to push your body into anabolism, the rest that digest parasympathetic nervous system. And then just to make diet, dieting so easy, you can give yourself a little snack at night to hit the spot and, and, and make, and make, and then that way you don't have to finish eating it at 7 PM. And then you're like, at 10 o'clock, you have a little craving. So you have this one point a day where you actually can be genuinely satisfied and, and full. And then the other meals are either hit the spot or just to stave yourself off to dinner. And that setup is fucking genius. I've made millions of dollars teaching this setup, but it like, it, it like, so, I mean, I'm, I'm giving you the freaking, I'm giving you the freaking the, uh, the stuff that like literally I spent months and months and months and, and years kind of pinpointing when I was doing a bigger meal during lunch, you know, because I was like, Oh, you know, maybe I should do a, a bigger, more sizable meal for lunch. And then the, it was way harder to hit my calories consistently being a deficit consistently lean down. And so I do about 500 calories, 500, and then the big meal. And it's just like, getting lean is so easy, especially when you use the essential amino acids, um, to blunt your hunger that, cause it can, it can be hard to take in low calories until dinner time. And that can be tough. You'd be surprised how much a difference, 10, 15 grams of EAAs during the day. It feeds your muscle protein is the most filling macronutrient until it is not. So if you, if you've eaten 2000 calories today and only 70, 80 grams of protein, you're probably not going to be that satiated. You're actually going to be really hungry. Your body, you're going to, you're not going to get full because you're not getting enough protein. But if you've eaten uh, 2000 calories or say, eight, let's say 1800 calories and you've hit 150, 160 grams of protein. Well, guess what? Eating more protein isn't necessarily going to satiate you that much more. Um, and that's when I like to actually fill in, um, fill up on more carbs or fats that help, uh, help kind of really, really create that feeling of satisfaction. Um, but so by that point, by freaking shuttling in 10 grams of EAAs during the fast, you give yourself that little protein boost of the most important key essential amino acids for muscle growth so that you're not as hungry later in the day, because you, you got in those key essential amino acids, whereby you'd have to eat like an eight to 10 ounce steak to get the same amount of EAAs that you're getting in, in a serving that's essentially 50 calories. What's the difference between EAA and BCAA? Um, yeah, so BCAAs have just three amino acids that are play a significant role in protein synthesis. Um, you know, most notably leucine, I and yeah. yeah, and then, but then the research shows that to really adequately trigger protein synthesis, your body needs all nine essential amino acids. Um, there's a rate limiting factor where you know you can't necessarily use full amount of leucine, unless you're, unless you're getting in all nine essential amino acids. So, you know, if you're having a huge steak dinner the night before with 14 ounces of steak, it's very likely you'll have uh, a steady supply of amino acids into your bloodstream the very next day. So BCAs theoretically could be fine um, because you, you are having uh, that supply of amino acids. That said, uh, the research is, is pretty clear that EAAs are superior to BCAAs. Um, so we shifted our amino product. I actually had great results with our, our original BCAA, BCAA product, which had a high amount of leucine, had also had HMB, which is a byproduct of leucine that's helpful for preventing protein uh, um, uh, breakdown. I actually had amazing results with our BCAA product, but I just kind of followed the research and, and shifted things to EAAs, um, which seemed to be superior. Um, so EAs are definitely, definitely very, very good. Again, there's a way to like, if you are eating breakfast, snack, lunch, dinner, and you're getting high amount of protein, EAAs might not offer you that much, but if you're actually fasting and focusing on getting very, very lean and taking the EAAs during the fast and then training, that's when it is very effective. 
I love it, man. Dude, I could keep you here all, all day. Uh, keep picking your brain, but I know we're, we're over time already, man. Um, I just want to thank you so much, man. Really, I'm just from a personal perspective, your, your programs have really been game-changing for me. Um, I hope other folks will... I mean, you have millions of followers and all that shit already, but I hope the other folks that are in my, are in my community will check your stuff out, man, because I talk about you a lot. I talk about your programs a lot. In fact, one of my posts yesterday was... I, 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 want, I was talking about you, how you break down macronutrients and like, you know, designing a diet. I think it's all brilliant, very practical, very easy to implement for any busy professional, especially it's a super, super practical way to get fit, get lean, get jacked, get ripped, you know, which was literally my goal in 2012. I said, I want to get jacked and ripped. That was it, you know, and Hell yeah. your, program, your programs have helped me a lot, man. All right. Thank you so much, man. I'm freaking happy to kick it here with you. So this was awesome. All right, man. Let's get it. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. The corresponding video can be found on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Let's get it.